I'm the host, Maddie Flint, and I am an artist. Welcome back to The Essentials, everyone. This episode is all about art. I have three talking points I want to make about the art world's current state and past state. And then I'll give some info on some things that I want to do more of this year regarding my own art and that you can do too. Okay, so for number one, anyone can be an artist. Literally anyone can be an artist. Art is as old as civilization itself. Every empire, every tribe, every nation had its art. It's a form of communication and expression that uses visual stimuli to elicit some kind of response. When Western art grew, master painters arose, and the arts became something for only the prestigious. Competitive art schools turned women down and people whose paintings they just didn't like, and royals hired only the best. Now that is not me hating on that time period because all the the painters who were successful were rich white men or any of that. This has nothing to do with race. It's just that that's when the arts were something that were not like an everyday activity, really. And this was actually a great time period for art. It was it was basically the rise of fine arts. Some of the best painters in the history of art were alive then and making paintings that someday I will be going overseas to visit and view. Definitely some things on my bucket list. Um, but back then it was really reflective of the societal structure. The art was stunning and groundbreaking. Art movements continued on and by now, anyone can do art. You don't even have to have a degree in it to be good at it and to be selling it. If you like what you do, that's a success in itself. And everyone can sell their art. It just takes finding the right audience for you, even if it isn't very large. You don't have to be Michelangelo to create. Also, art materials are extremely accessible, probably more so than they have been in history. So we also get to take advantage of that. And then on to point two, art is used for a huge variety of things. Other than making art for people as specialized commissions or original pieces that people want so they can add to their aesthetic appeal of their living room, or to set a mood, or just because maybe it makes them happy, they just like the art, they like looking at it, it reminds them of something from their childhood, whatever the reason may be. Art can also be seen in fashion and filmmaking, home interior decor, food, illustration for books, animations, animators are amazing, anime artists and animators deserve a round of applause, um, science, medicine, because of medical illustration that kind of bridges all of those things together, social issues, education, thank you art teachers, architecture, app design, business logo design, window displays, Barbie doll design, music cover art, commercial advertising, art therapy, museum curation, and so much more. A lot of the visual displays around us have a team of amazing artists behind them. And not only is art useful, but it benefits our mental health. Numerous medical studies have shown that art actually enhances brain functionality, and it can also produce general feelings of calmness. And I think in previous episodes of my podcast, I've probably talked about those things a couple of times, but it's true. And then on to point three, art is subjective. We all know this, but we live in a world where the media, which is very one-sided, does have an issue with people who don't think alike. And we also have social media art trends where artists make only certain types of art that trends 
and they're not doing it because that's the kind of art that they like, it's the kind of art that their followers on the algorithms like, which in turn will benefit them as creators. It's sad because the purpose of making your own art really is to express yourself. Not everyone has to like it. You don't have to make art for likes, and some people don't. That's what Edward Manet knew when he presented his piece, Le Déjeuner sur le Verbe, The Luncheon on the Grass, to the Salon in Paris, around 1836. The rarely called Paris Salon, or just the Salon, beginning in 1667, was the official art exhibition of the Academy of Arts in Paris. Between 1748 and 1890, it was arguably the greatest annual or biennial art event in the Western world. So, with this painting, The Luncheon on the Grass, the jury actually turned it down because it was deemed scandalous. But what really was the issue was that it was realistic. This wasn't hyper-realism, looks-like-a-photo type art, but it was just art that depicted just regular, unvarnished human life. The figures were completely unidealized, which was the exact opposite of all the other things that had actually been accepted to the salon. They were idealized figures, mythological figures. It was okay for them to be depicted in the nude, like paintings of Aphrodite or anything, but this painting was like the most controversial thing the jurors had ever seen. Manet broke a lot of rules and became a highly established modern artist for going against the trends. He was a part of the beginning of how we know art now. The whole, I make these choices for my art theme, not because it was supposed to fit in, but because it was supposed to stand out. And just to kind of add on to point three and point two combined, um, political art has always been a thing forever. People have always used art to show their support for something or to create hate propaganda. Political cartoons and caricatures make politics more fun and can even illustrate certain behaviors and nuances in a way that captures the essence more than photos do. But to cancel art because it isn't politically and socially acceptable according to one party based on today's standards? Rude. And even to put down incredible classical paintings in colleges because they were done by straight white men just to really emphasize art that's done by LGBTQ people of color is wrong. The artists create the art, the art is the product, but like I said, the art world has been political. It's just that the progressives now are deeming some art wrong based on external features of the people who made it. Not because the art itself goes against their standards like the Parisians did with the salon. People now are, are fully trying to cancel art instead of just deciding not to like the piece and just moving on. If I say I like Rowan Cathedral by Claude Monet better than a modern abstract painting by a black woman, that doesn't make me a racist, that's just my art preference. And if I say I love Tanner's banjo lesson, and not the Mona Lisa as much, I'm not saying I like it just for the sole fact that Tanner was a black artist, I'm saying I love his work. To value someone's work off of just their skin color is a pretty shallow move, just saying. And my favorite genres of art, personally, are realism, and it's not hyper-realism that you see on Instagram and Facebook reels, it's the realism from Europe in the 17th century, and also impressionism. Because I really personally feel like I resonate with those pieces even more, it's kind of how I see the world when I'm doing my own art, so I tend to study those artists even more, and 
In a lot of academic institutions or prestigious institutes today, display a lot of abstract artwork because it doesn't hurt any feelings, it doesn't portray anybody and leave anybody else out. It's just kind of fluid, kind of um, faceless. And I don't really like abstract art. That's just my personal opinion. I know there are a lot of people who agree with me and it's becoming kind of an unpopular opinion, but I'm just not a huge fan of the abstract art. Some of it is pretty interesting to look at. I'm actually about to talk about an artist who did art with welding, um, and that was pretty cool. I've seen some of his pieces before. But overall, abstract doesn't need to be my favorite type of art, doesn't need to be yours, or maybe it is yours and that's fine. But according to modern American society, that's becoming the conventional genre of art. So now I'm actually gonna just change the direction of the podcast a little bit and talk about some of the things that I want to accomplish for myself with my own art. It's 2023 and I have plans in terms of what I want to create. I have an Instagram art business account and also a Facebook um, page for my art where I just basically post things that I'm either working on, hashtag work in progress, or just finished pieces. I've taken part in some art competitions through Instagram actually, which really do help with exposure. You can find my Lil Peep fan art on lilpeep.com in the archives, the Easter 2022 or his happy 26th birthday collection, and a few others that are like further down in the archive in 2021. But this year I was kind of thinking about archiving some of the older content on my Instagram page and just starting fresh. And this is because as you grow, your art grows. It changes with you, whether it's a stylistic thing or an improvement thing. Or sometimes it's as simple as a vibe change. I don't make art for the purpose of it going viral or for it trending, because then I wouldn't be as happy doing it. I just post what I like to draw. And by doing that, I've actually gained a following of very like-minded people. So something that I really want to do more of which I started doing during the mid, towards the end even, of the pandemic, was plain air art. I love how it feels to draw out in the open, drawing my surroundings and capturing the essence of those things. I don't look for detail accuracy, I look for color accuracy first. And when you have realistic colors, tones, and values that are natural, you can like kind of change the other things up and the piece still has that realistic feel to it especially if it's a landscape. Something about being able to smell, feel, and perceive those things that you're painting helps to translate those things directly onto the canvas. And when I paint from pictures, it's still okay, but all the details are there for you, which leaves less room for pure imagination. When you're standing there and you're relying on all of your senses rather than just vision, like looking over at your reference photo and then copying it on your drawing, you are kind of forced to improvise a little bit when it comes to vision because your eyes can't focus on every little tiny detail that you're seeing so you kind of just go for the bigger picture and in a sense you're just capturing all the very important things about what's around you and that's why i feel like my plein air sketches have a feel to them that i really like more than just copying something off a photo and during this winter break which is rapidly coming to an end I visited Salem Artworks with my mom and my brothers, and I got some plain air drawing in, as did my brothers. It also counted as a field trip for them, and in homeschooling, you do have the freedom to encourage exploration and let your child experience new places, all while incorporating that into your curriculum. 
and I also recorded some audio clips while I was there, which will let you guys into that pleasant moment that I will play for you right now. I'm doing a pencil drawing of the mountains. They're local mountains. They're not that far from where we live, but it's a beautiful view. And I'm using Prismacolor pencils. It's actually freezing. My hands are numb, but it's very relaxing, very refreshing. And both of my brothers are drawing with me. So I'm going to ask Richie a couple questions. Richie, what are you drawing today? Uh, I'm drawing the giant metal swing set behind me. Yeah, Richie is drawing some of the sculptures here. I will give you a brief rundown of the artist after this part who did the sculptures. But Richie's also using colored pencil. Richie, what does art do for you? Uh, just It just shows me a lot about colors mm-hmm. and do you blending. Think, does it make you see the world any differently? Yes, it relaxes me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say you look at the world in more detail as an artist? Yep, because you can put anything you want in it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you see. Yes. That's true. What about you, Bucky? Bucky doesn't do much art, but he did today. Yeah, it uh, it was relaxing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, nice. Did it clear your mind at all? Yeah, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. It did. Very cool. Um, does looking at these mountains give you any sense of clarity or inspiration? I do feel inspired because I like the look of the countryside and um it's washington county is a really beautiful place to live Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's very brisk and cold today but coming up here really does clear my mind a lot it makes for good art i found out yes it really does and i'm glad we had a chance to come up we had a little field trip today Mm -hmm. brought the boys up Mm -hmm. and it was good now the artist that i was referencing in that little clip was mark de severo and Mark De Severo immigrated with his family to the United States when he was just eight years old. After studying sculpture and philosophy at the University of Columbia, De Severo moved to New York City. He drew his inspiration from the Manhattan docks and began using wood and metal from demolition sites to construct his sculpture. In 1960, the artist suffered a broken back and leg in an elevator accident. Doctors said he would never walk, but he was determined to recover and he did so in just four years. While confined to a wheelchair, the artist made small sculptures and learned to use an electric arc welder. Since then, he has learned to use the crane and cherry picker, among other tools, to bend steel for his art. De Severo designs his sculptures to interact with the elements and with his audience. As Richie was talking about, one of the pieces at Salem Artworks actually features a tire swing on it. He states that we must experience his work physically and spatially, and he hopes that viewers will climb the beams and ride or push the suspended elements of his sculptures. And that was a little excerpt that is found on the Smithsonian American Art Museum's webpage. There are also a few events that I plan on entering my art into this year. One in particular is through the Historical Society in Albany, New York called Built, and this event is exciting and evocative as you take leisurely strolls through rooms of beautiful local artwork. Artists showcase and sell their pieces, earning 50% of the price that the bids brought the art to at the end of the weekend. 
while the other half benefits the society so that they can hold the event again in following years. Anyone can enter, and for young artists, and this is people under 25, the application fee is actually waived. So if you're thinking that it may be something you would like to try, go right ahead. I've entered my art there for two years now, and last year, all three of my pieces sold. You can check those out on their website, which I'll link in the description. And I'm trying to encourage my siblings also to enter. I think they might. But if you're thinking you'd like to, you definitely should. And that'll conclude this episode of The Essentials. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Take care and thank you for the listen, as always. Be on the lookout for more episodes by me and our other great podcasters right here on the BMG Network.